I'm Addie Lowen. Here's your Standback Online News for Wednesday, January 27th. Let's begin with an update from a story that began back on February 1st of 2019. A woman from Kleefeld has been charged for her involvement in an investigation involving the Kleefeld Rec Association, or KRA. With more, here's reporter Shannon Duick. On February 1st, 2019, St. Pierre RCMP was contacted by officials from the Arm of Hanover regarding alleged misappropriation of funds from the KRA. Officials say that during the course of an annual audit, they identified a number of suspicious transactions from within the KRA. This led to a commission of a forensic financial review, which when completed, identified a misappropriation of funds valued at more than $100,000. The forensic financial review report identified a number of irregularities dating between 2011 and 2018, where unsupported payments were made for non-KRA-related expenses, including credit card payments and payments to retailers. On January 15th of this year, 44-year-old Nicole Rempel, who held various titles with the KRA, including president, secretary, and treasurer, was charged with fraud over $5,000, as well as using a forged document. She will appear in St. Pierre Provincial Court on March 23rd. No further investigation is anticipated at this time. Meanwhile, in fall of last year, a judgment of more than $235,000 came down against Rempel, her husband Chris, and their company Guardian Property Services in the lawsuit involving the Kleefeld Recreation Association versus Nicole Rempel. I'm Shannon Duick. And as of this afternoon, Hanover Reeves Stantaves issued this statement. He says that in January of 2019, the municipality received more than $102,000 as a cash settlement from the municipal insurance program, resulting from the losses that the forensic audit identified. Taves says the arm of Hanover, the growing community of Kleefeld, and the current KRA board have essentially moved on from this unfortunate ordeal by implementing stricter policies to protect taxpayer dollars and the hard-working volunteers appointed to its five community center boards. Tave says they're letting the provincial courts bring this matter to a close. And about two dozen Lorette homeowners have been given notice that their recent yard work infringes upon municipal law. Many residents living along Settlers Landing widened their driveways and beautified their yards this past summer, and in doing so, built past their allowed property lines. As Taché Chief Administrative Officer Christine Hutlett explains, the 20-foot-long section of land next to the curb is owned by the RM and not the homeowner. A lot of times their curb stops and the municipal infrastructure will run through that area and it can possibly cause damage to the infrastructure. If a curb stop is damaged during a yard improvement, Hutlett says municipal crews have no way of turning the home's water off in the case of an emergency. So we're asking them not to carry forward with this. Hutlett says council will not be fining any residents for infringing upon this bylaw, but does hope to educate them as to their mistake. I'm Connor Gerbrandt. And the arm of Richot noticed a spike in construction activity in 2020. Last year, there were 190 permits issued, totaling more than $41 million. Some of the most noticeable jumps last year were in the number of new housing starts, decks built and pools put in. Mayor Chris Ewan suggests the pandemic is to thank for some of the increase. I think people were at home. They were doing a little bit of small projects and that added up quite a bit, you know, adding that new deck or getting some maybe electrical permit upgrades, whatever the case may be, it was, it was time to stay at home and do those, uh, 
honeydew lists, they call it. But uh, also, you know, we've had a few developments in the works. And uh, with the council that we have currently, they are very adamant about bringing a sustainable growth to Richot. And I think that has a lot to do with it. In terms of new housing starts, most of the activity happened in Grand Point, followed by St. Adolph. And a local business owner and Stombeck City Councilman is calling for a swifter end to COVID-19 restrictions in Manitoba and is looking for support across the province. Be safe, be fair, open Manitoba is the tagline Damien Penner is using for his movement and stresses he is spearheading the initiative, not as a councillor, but as a concerned citizen. The restrictions can't just be based off of what Dr. Rusin is saying to protect the medical system. It needs to be far more encompassing. Penner believes small businesses, as well as individuals struggling with addictions and mental health issues, are not being adequately helped by the government's plan and says that needs to change. We can't just be basing the restrictions on the most vulnerable to COVID-19. We need to be basing the restrictions on the most vulnerable individuals across all different demographics. Penner has presented his ideas in Winkler, where he has received full support from their mayor and council. However, he has yet to present his ideas locally and has not yet received open support from Steinbeck City Council. And now to today's COVID-19 case count numbers. Public health officials confirmed this morning there are 95 new cases of the virus in our province. Of those, three are in Southern Health, none of those in Steinbeck. As well, another four Manitobans with COVID-19 have died, including two individuals from the Southern Health region. One of those two individuals lived in Steinbeck. With that, Manitoba's Vaccine Implementation Task Force provided the public with a better idea of how quickly they can expect to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. With more, here's reporter Shannon Duick. Using a low-supply scenario, personal care home residents are anticipated to be vaccinated by mid-March, and then health care workers and other congregate living settings by the end of March. The general population would start to be vaccinated on March 1st, beginning with the most elderly. Using 10-year increments, the final age group, those age 18 to 29, would then be vaccinated by the end of December. Spokesperson Dr. Josh Reimer explains why children are not part of this plan. Right now, we're, we're limited by what the vaccines are approved for. Um, the Moderna vaccine is only approved for people over 18, and Pfizer is only approved for people over 16. Um, and so for the time being, we're making plans based on the vaccines that we have available. The low supply scenario estimates a 70% vaccine uptake among qualified Manitobans and does not include any vaccines that have not yet been approved. Using a high supply scenario, the oldest age group would be vaccinated starting March 1st, and the youngest age group would be vaccinated by the end of August. I'm Shannon Duick. And a decision has been made to turn off the ice plant inside the Grunthal Arena. Jason Peters with the Arm of Hanover says this is a domino effect from Eastman Minor Hockey deciding to shut down their season. So they will not be operating that facility at this time. Uh, with that said, because of the cold weather outside, uh, they're going to reevaluate. If we get the opportunity to reopen, they may have the, they may be able to turn the ice plant back on. And Mitchell Peters says they're going to continue operating the arena with hopes it can reopen in mid-February. Peters notes each community made its own decision and the municipality supports both. He suggests Mitchell might be in a different position because its arena is newer and therefore operates more efficiently. And also Mitchell has a full-time employee who does more work than just manage the arena. 
Meanwhile, Peters says the municipality has no say in whether or not hockey or ringette players should be reimbursed for the season. So instead of traveling around Manitoba to hear concerns in town halls, Minister Scott Fielding is virtually joining residents in their living rooms. Before concerns regarding the spread of COVID-19 hit, the finance minister would travel to communities across the province to hear what they would like to see in the provincial budget this year. He's taken the trip online instead. It's really important for Manitobans uh, to get opinions on Manitobans of what the priorities for budget coming up should be. Of course, like everything else in this year with the pandemic, it's a little bit different this year. So we're holding uh, online telephone town hall meetings as well as virtual town hall meetings. Some of these telephone town hall meetings, you have upwards of uh, eight to nine to 10,000 people on the calls. Fielding says Manitoba residents can also make their voices heard by filling out an online survey at engagemb.ca. The virtual town hall meeting for rural Manitobans is tonight at 6.30, and the telephone meeting is set for next week, Wednesday, February 3rd. And finally, today's lost and found stories. First, RCMP are looking for a trailer that was stolen yesterday morning in the arm of Hanover. At approximately 11.30 a.m., Stabak RCMP received a report that an enclosed trailer was stolen from Road 30E southwest of Pansy. The trailer is gray in color with Manitoba marker W567W. Along with the trailer, customer power washing equipment was taken, as well as a large battery charger. Two vehicles were seen on that property at about 4.30 in the morning. Police say one appeared to be a red Ford F-150 with a chrome trim. The other vehicle was a Ford Windstar. Photos of these vehicles can be seen in the news story at SteinbeckOnline.com. And anyone with information is asked to contact Steinbeck RCMP or Crime Stoppers. And now found. As police are thanking the public for their assistance in locating a teenage girl from DeSalaberry who went missing last week Thursday. Marissa Brooks-Smoke was officially declared a missing person by the St. Pierre RCMP this morning who feared she was in danger. Once word of this spread, officials received enough information to determine her whereabouts. And as of 4 o'clock this afternoon, Marissa was safely located. For these stories and more, including photos, full interviews, and video, go to SteinbeckOnline.com. I'm Addie Lowen.